Facts about snakes. We are sometimes afraid of things we know little about, or sometimes we are misinformed, and it, it is ignorance that breeds fear. This is true of snakes. Many bizarre notions have been spread about snakes that are not true. It will add to your fund of knowledge if you can help to connect some of the distortions of facts that are prevalent about snakes. As is so often the case, truth is stranger than fiction. Miriam Gilbert starting a terrarium. Hello? 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 Is that you? Man, she gets so philosophical about absolutely nothing. She does. I'll be honest, Kyle, I just opened the book and this was the first one I saw. Truth is stranger than fiction. Yes, especially with snakes. Okay. Or actually, I, I, I can't confirm that with other reptiles. I'm just assuming that's the case because she said so. Okay, sure, sure. She is the law. Anywho, uh, I am Ty. Um, over there is Mr. Kyle Anderson. This is a Canadian Leprechaun show. Um, welcome back, or welcome if you've never listened to us before. Um, Kyle, I was actually looking, and we are up to 263 listens total since we have launched this little podcast. We are just, we're just cranking it out. And you know what's interesting, Ty? I, will, I, I saw that. Our audience size is holding. Okay, and we haven't posted an episode in almost two weeks, so I'm kind of happy about that. I know, I know. So we're going to try to rectify that. Um, anyway, folks, we have a special guest today. We're doing another interview show, and we are very, very excited about this guest. Aren't we, Kyle? Well, yeah, I mean, he's borderline famous, so. He is borderline. Who we got today? We have Mr. Nick Fonders, hailing from Bradley University. Hey, hi, Nick. Hi there, guys. You know, ab- absence makes the heart grow ponders. We're off to a roaring start. Thank you, Nick. Roaring? Well, you're talking about snakes. Don't don't hiss me off, you know, right away. Come on, man. Do you just have a Rolodex? <laughs> <laughs> I really slithered into that one, am I right? Um, you, uh, you might be. <laughs> But, um, hiss. Yeah. Nick is a pun extraordinaire, in case you didn't catch that. Uh, right. He might win the pun Olympics. Puns of steel. Ready to flex them anytime. The Punisher. So, uh, Kyle, how, how do we know Nick? Uh, we, we all went to Bradley together. Uh, we actually, I, our friendship, I, Nick, did we really become friends in a biology class at Bradley? Uh, yeah, a biology class by a man whose name escapes me, and gosh, it was a lecture hall. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, sat in the back and didn't learn a thing about biology. It was great. No, we did not. It was one of the few auditorium classes I had at Bradley. Maybe like, maybe like one of like three. And uh, no, we became fast friends. Uh, a lot of a lot of laughter, and you know. Danita didn't care, so we didn't care, and uh, we ended up going on a, a spring break trip together to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Sure did, uh, Myrtle. Myrtle, I Myrtle. Uh, honestly, I know you guys sent me some questions that might be asked or might not be asked. I the one about like the best memory. I was a little. I felt a little feather fluffy that like the immediate thought that came to mind was like even if I was on another radio show. Probably even about like the best, you know, what what was the best thing for your career? Uh, <laughs> I, I wouldn't talk about like a, anything I did. I would like club wise or you know involvement wise. I sure would still say spring break in Royal Beach because you know I I refined my sense of humor and still I I, la- I laughed out loud uh, about the Mister Fish Association ties. So thanks thanks for that that bright spot in my week. Man, I uh, I still laugh about that. Um... 
we'll have to get into that a little bit. But first, I want to tell my Nick Fonder story. Um, so I first met Nick because Nick was my RA freshman year. Did you know that, Kyle? Ah, you know, I think I did know that at one time, but I had forgotten. So thank you for reminding me. And if I recall correctly, Nick, I think you were only RA for a semester and then you got like promoted to something higher than that. I, I, I'm too far removed to remember, but I think like a hall director, or like assistant hall director or something. Yep, uh, that's correct. So you were uh, you were really flexing your guns there or your puns of steel, as you said earlier. Yeah, that and my, my crisis response couple. Uh, <laughs> right. So, yeah, so I've known Nick since my freshman year, and I've appreciated every moment of it. Um, unfortunately, we waited way too long to reconnect after Bradley, but hey, you know, the that, what do they say about trees? Best time to plant them is 10 years ago. Second best time is now. So here's our now and planting trees and whatnot. Wow. I, uh, I've never heard that, but I believed it. Thank you. <laughs> you have to really get to the root of the pun. Yeah, got to branch out. I, I like what you're doing. So stemming off of that, uh, we're going to lose all of our audience if we keep doing this. Yeah, it's my fault. It's all, it's all me. I'll... We got we to gotta lean into it. <laughs> all right, go ahead, Kyle. What, what, what do you got? I don't have anything anymore. Um, so, no, Nick and I were talking before we, we went on air here as much as we can go on air on a podcast. Um the last time I think I saw him was at my wedding, which was three years ago. Nice. Happy anniversary. Yeah. So, way too long. So, Nick, can you tell us what you've been up to? I, I, I hate talking about work, but I, I would like some like background on what you've been doing. Yeah. Uh, three years. I'm, at, I'm coming up on a three-year work anniversary. Uh, you could say I'm married. Uh, I've been married to work for as long as, as I had that. That RA job, Ty. Thanks for that. Uh, <laughs> uh, I started at the University of Chicago at a graduate school for policy, doing career coaching, and the school grew like uh, gangbusters. is a is a favorite term at, at the University of Chicago. Go figure. Uh, and uh, so I did that for two years, and then just got a promotion of doing advancement work or alumni relations and development work. Uh, essentially strategizing for how to better connect alumni throughout the world. Um, so there's lots of buzzwords in my title, but it's Senior Associate Director of Global Engagement. And really that means making sure that people that paid a boatload of money or somebody paid a boatload of money to get the degree they have from Chicago still feel like they can be part of the family, um, whatever that ends up being. Uh, that could be like people you know, with the same affinity, Women, people of color, black people. I mean, that's that's important right now. Um, or shared nerdiness of like we're all data scientists right now. Um, or that I, I happen to live in Chicago or Hong Kong, and I, I can find people to you know connect with, which I think is important now more than ever. So it's a a very timely um, and I would say ironic move to have had had that happen during this pandemic. But, but that's yeah, I, I was I. I that's that's what's up. So a lot of Zoom meetings is what you're saying. Oh yeah, screen fatigue has never been. Uh, it's a relief as much as I you know, beautiful mugs both of you. It's it's a relief to be able to just like look at this exposed brick wall and like have my screen dimmed because yeah, I, I just uh, although unfortunately you can't see that that pink hat. I, I think I mentioned before we were on air about uh, it, it's a it's like a light pink whitish almost hat. This is get it popping, and I stole that from a fellow Bradley alum. Good lord! Did you guys hear that? Maybe Anna just like fell over in the kitchen. So sorry about that. Oh no, Anna! It's is she okay? Oh, she's fine. She stepped on one of Neil's toys. But uh, no, Nick, that's actually that sounds fairly interesting. I mean, so how long were you doing this before? You know, March of this year. How long were you in this position? The the new job. Yeah. Oh, I started in May, so like my my one month oh. in the new gig is literally tomorrow. Yeah. Sorry if I missed that. Holy. So zero, Kyle. That was yeah zero. The answer is zero. A hot zero. <laughs> okay. Uh, but all the time, 
pre-year wedding, I, I was doing, I was leading the career coaching team for the policy school at the University of Chicago. So, um, okay. so Nick, what, what does that entail? Uh, working with the, the graduate school. Uh, yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Uh, the, the favorite thing I like to say, <laughs> uh, I love Bradley. I don't, I don't need a disclaimer any more than that, but I think the one thing I, if, if anyone's listening and knows me, you know that I, I was hyper involved, uh, in everything, but the one thing I avoided, like it was my job at Bradley was the career center. Uh, and that was just me being stubborn, frankly, but I, I'm a pretty critical guy. So when you think about the graduate students at, at a school like UChicago, um, you know, like great U.S. news rankings and all that good stuff, it's the, the funnel for talent is, very, very tight, and the, the, they're incredibly resourceful people. So everybody's got a bachelor's degree, which means they graduated from somewhere, and likely they were not impressed or thought they could do a better job of career or whatever than the career staff. So I have to, in like three seconds, give them something they haven't seen before, give them a little bit of dry humor, and then like focus on saying, you know, this is going to be the school that you a work with a team that cares about you, and b gives you more than Forbes or like your friend in HR might be able to in terms of your policy career trajectory. So, um, yeah, it, it was a tall order, but I, I delivered, which resulted in a promotion and an, an incredible team, uh, which is honestly the most bittersweet thing about transitioning to this other work is that I, I left the team that I got to build, but they're fantastic folks. So everyone's in good hands. And um, ultimately, it, before I even was in this job, I was thinking about how people the most critical people can be a little bit happier as alumni from wherever they, they graduated. So there you go. Profound. I, you know, I do what I can. <laughs> um, Nick, I'm going to ask you something that I already kind of know the answer, but I, I'm, I'm going to be open right now. I'm setting myself up for a, for a story that Liz wanted me to ask about. So anyway, uh, what degrees have you gotten since you left Bradley? Because I think you've gotten at least one, right? Yeah, I, I got a degree. Uh, I went to the University of Connecticut and got a master's in higher education administration. So, uh, you know, ultimately did my best to keep working and get a school to pay for the degree. That was that was nice, but I earned it. Uh, there's plenty of stories there. I uh, also had never been to New England before I interviewed for that program. so. Uh, I was just fascinated by how close the states were. Being in Illinois, you can drive six hours and still be in Illinois, but you can drive, you know, 30 minutes and be in four states on the East Coast. And I just thought that was the coolest thing. Um, and I'm, I'm actually thinking about a doctorate program. So if we, if we do this again, same time next year, uh, I, I may be on track for another degree in that collection. Oh, nice. Um, I want to dig more into this, but first I want to tell this story. So Liz mentioned this to me earlier when I told her we were interviewing you. And um, she recalls being in a group of people when you were telling everyone that you were going to Yukon. And she thought you were going to Alaska. And she, apparently she was like the only person in the group that thought like Yukon is in like Yukon, Alaska. <laughs> and she just... Um, I, I'm doing a terrible job telling the story, but she like felt kind. Of, she felt pretty embarrassed, but when she told me, I laughed really hard at that. <laughs> but she is she is not very college sports oriented, so I, I don't think that was really on her radar. There's plenty of good puns there about Alaska later. Uh, <laughs> you know, if you can believe it, the yeah, no, uh, that that is not, I've, I've never been to Alaska. I just, a good friend, I just learned, lived there for three years and was a teacher or did some, I don't actually know. She, it was cooler to hear that she like rode around on four wheelers and like hunted or hung out there. So uh, yeah, <laughs> a thing to add to the bucket list. Um, so your experience at UConn um, and living in Connecticut, like what's, what's something, what's something that's unique about living there versus like being in Peoria or? Pekin or anywhere central Illinois. Um, I that I don't ever want to live there again. <laughs> I I was pretty, you know, I, I grew up ultimately in central Illinois, and that that also can be like you know a 150 mile 
radius in, in Stilby Central Illinois between Springfield and Peoria and a couple places in between as, as hometowns. Uh, but after the Bradley experience and like living in an urban, technically an urban environment, you know, people sometimes give Peoria a hard time. I was like, yeah, like, you know, I can, you know, it's, it's pure. Yeah. What, what, what is stores Connecticut, you know, gonna, gonna, you know, gonna do in terms of like a relapse or a, a, a regression of, of experiences and like things to do and options socially, you know, with my downtime, which I didn't have, it was grad school. But if I had had any downtime, I, I, I looked around and was like, wow, this is literally trees. There's a farm on campus. There's a, there's a dairy bar, which is, Ice cream that is so high in fat content that it actually can't be sold in stores, but it's really good because it's <laughs> fresh, fresh from the farm. And hearing that out loud, I was like, "Where, where am I? No, I can't, I, I can't do this. I, I have to be in the city." So I, I learned that I needed to be, you know, I, I appreciated Peoria even more in hindsight, and, and then lived in Providence and. Well, I'm technically have a residence in Chicago, although at the moment I'm in the Quad Cities, good old Moline, Illinois. Oh wow, I didn't know that. So, so Nick, just to clarify, so you you're saying that Peoria is okay? I'm saying try Stored Connecticut for oh, two weeks, and Peoria will be more than okay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's that not actually that's not what I expected to hear, but that's very. I mean, I obviously I know you came back, but you came back to Chicago, so I was just you know, that's kind of surprising to me. Yeah, the, the, to UConn's credit, there's an there's a a like city wide sense of spirit because of how large the campus is and how much there's like affinity and pride for the school and athletics. Um, and this is a shout out specifically to the Lemons basketball program, arguably the best sports team in history. Um, you know, women don't need a little bit of credit, a lot of credit, more than a lot of credit. Off we go. Um, the, it, so like there was an energy when I was doing work for student, the student experience, but yeah, I mean, once the, once you're off the clock, like it's, it, I, my the woman that was in charge of the program was very proud that it's it's called the Green Valley because from space it's like the one fragment of the United States that you can't like doesn't light up because it's there's not like sustainable street lamps. Interesting. So like, do they light them on fire like in old time days? Well, when the when the uh, you know usually men but sometimes women win national championships. Uh, yeah, they'll light a lot of things on fire. Most of the cars. <laughs> I can hear him in the background right now. Yeah, something's going on. Yeah, it's the, the, the fire department for the, the audio support. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm actually shocked. I, I should say this out loud in case it happens. If I'm muted abruptly, it's because uh, the apartment room is like a gentle 15, 15 steps from a train track. Uh, so I've gotten really used to the long, long, short, long horn. And it's back to those Zoom meetings, terribly frustrating because. You, you try to make a point and and it's like uh it just but yeah i hadn't thought about that that is a possibility anna and i we lived you know in a very rural community for a while west of peoria and we lived right across the street from the the, the fire department and it was a volunteer fire department so when somebody called in a fire they had to blare the horn to get the volunteers to come in so it was just deafening but we got so used to that we we could just sleep through it. But man, I I can't imagine now thinking about that having a Zoom meeting through all that. Yeah, I mean that that get someone fired up on your calls. That's for sure. I see what you did. So Nick, um, I your work sounds fascinating. Uh, we do want to make sure we get to some of the uh, the grid of our questions here. Please. Um, and we were talking before we went on here. We went on a spring break trip. And uh, we went to Myrtle Beach, us three, and uh, one John Doremus. Can you just give me or give us some uh, some points that you kind of can pick out from that trip? Like, what, what sticks out in your mind? We drove, I think it's the first point to say. So uh, <laughs> that was a drive from Peoria, Illinois to Myrtle Beach. And I, I, I think the cross-country road trip component was a major like bonding moment for us because there was like you're trapped, you know, you're in this car and 
I think it was Mike. I think we took my car. Uh, oh, yeah. We did. There's a story there. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell that story. Um, yeah, yeah. Some people get really weird about, like, who can drive their car, but when you, I mean, like, when you're in that together, it was really cool to know that, like, I trusted all of you and people could sleep, people could, you know, make, you know, fools of themselves and, uh, like, nonstop jokes or, or very, very bad jokes that were so bad you, you couldn't help but laugh. That was good. Uh, the weather was terrible, so as much as it was spring break, and I think we wanted to have that, like, woo, you know, Cancun experience, but on a less populated beach, we did not. It was, I, I think we, like, on principle and stubbornness went out to somewhere with sand one day, the warmest day we could, but other than that, it was, like, raining. We tried to entertain ourselves mostly with, I know we went mini-golfing, or I don't know why I remember that, but we did. Uh, but the best of like the best experiences that we kept driving down this like strip and seeing this buffet with a huge, huge crab like sculpture statue hovering over the the entire property and it would like it just prompted lots of abrupt randomness, particularly from Ty. Uh, and I, but I monologue any farther. I think I think Ty needs to explain what he kept thinking when we drove by that. The, the, was it the not the giant crab. The giant crab. It was the yeah, novel. Not the giant crab. That's what it was. Just really quick, let me interject for just one second and then Ty, you can go. All right. I like let, let's just preface this by saying, okay, it was the individuals like Ty, I feel like our whole college existence was just like when we were gonna eat again. And yes. I feel like this particular night, like we were all like, okay, we're we're kind of in the south, we're on the ocean. We just want to get some good seafood, right? Right. Like, I kind of feel like that was the whole thought we had. And this is the days before, like, I mean, yeah, we had cell phones, but, like, we didn't have all the access to, like, reviews and TripAdvisor and all that sort of stuff yet. So, right, we were, we were kind of figuring it out on your own. And, well, Tiger. So, yeah, so we go to this place. Um you guys are going to have to help me out. Was the actual restaurant called Mr. Fish? It was called the Giant Crab. The Giant Crab. Okay. Yeah. Why are you you got to help us out, I think. I no, it's it's cool. I remember I remember bits and pieces, so we'll fill this in together. So, the first thing I remember is going in and like them telling us the price for the buffet, which if I recall was like 29.99 or 39.99, like something ridiculous for four college students to be paying. And the first thing I remember asking, like, the hostess or whatever is, like, do you guys have any coupons behind the desk? And the guy, like, didn't laugh. He just looked at me. Um, and then I felt really awkward after that. So we all, <laughs> we all made a consensus to just go sit down because we were there. And we were hungry. We were, yeah, we were hungry. I think at that point, like, like we couldn't find anything. I, yeah. So I remember sitting down. And then I remember, like, us kind of doing our thing, um, going up, sampling the food. I think at the time, like, I was kind of meh on seafood. But again, I'm with you, Kyle. We wanted to just, it was the experience, right? We were in the south next to the ocean. Let's go find seafood. I personally remember not being very impressed with it. Um, I don't know about you guys as far as the food quality. I don't Oh, there's the train. Nobody was. Oh, they go woo-woo. <laughs> So, all right. So we eat the food. I remember not being super impressed with it. But one thing I do recall is there was a group of college students who also seemed to be there on spring break sitting down and they like came in after us and they came and sat down. And so their server came up and told them the price of the buffet. And they had just like the same bewildered look that we had when we first walked in. And we took it upon ourselves to basically help them out of a situation that we were already in where we were all collectively in $120 at that point plus tip and everything and we were like guys it's not worth it you can go get McDonald's it's a lot cheaper <laughs> and they all just looked at us and they're like uh uh yeah and they all left like the whole damn table left you gotta go yeah <laughs> And I remember they just walked up and left. I don't think they told their server. Just all of a sudden they were gone and the server came back and we're like, ah, I don't know where they went. <laughs> um, 
And so after that, you guys have to help me because I remember after that we were leaving the place, and I think somehow <laughs> we got we got like Mr. Fish stuck in our head. I don't know if we were like slap happy or something. And so what I did is I took the jingle from Mr. Plow from The Simpsons, and I changed it from Mr. Plow to Mr. Fish. And I, if I recall, it goes something like this. Mr. Fish, that's my name, that name again is Mr. Fish. And I think I like kind of slurred it for whatever reason it seemed right at the time. And Nick just kept laughing and laughing. And then I, like it just enabled me to keep saying it. So I just kept saying it again. Mr. Fish, that's my name, that name again is Mr. Fish. And it just kept going. And we just spent the whole damn night laughing about that. And yeah. Uh, the only the only correction I have is that I don't think we were slap happy. We were in the car driving, and it was silent. So maybe something about fish or Mister Fish had had entered it. You, but the abruptness of how quickly you made it a song, and I, I recognized the jingle was <laughs> was it just it tickled. It really tickled. So I it still does. But thank you for that. Um, do you remember when we got there the first night and um we all tried to go in the hot tub with like a case of MGD or something like that? <laughs> oh yes. And the security guard came out and he's like, I I forgot what the hell it was. It was like pools closed or some BS. And we couldn't have glass bottles. Right, and then we all ended up getting carded. <laughs> yeah, he took us up to our room, which we were all fine. I had just turned 21 like a day or two before that. So I, I was good, but I didn't have my like adult ID, sure. quote unquote. Yeah, I remember that. Good Lord. He was all high and mighty about it, too. He was oh, all yeah. excited. Like, I'm going to get these kids. And I'm like, oh, I know. Okay. Man. Um, I remember. So like during the car ride, Nick was talking about this before, but um, I remember this is the first time I realized the South is just like all Kia dealerships. <laughs> right this rings a bell vaguely <laughs> I, I it's it sticks out to me man and it's like any other time i've like been in the south for whatever reason it still sticks out to me because it's a cheap-ass korean car and that's all it's all them bumpkins can afford i suppose <laughs> <laughs> there i went there you did don't have me Really did. Well, and then wasn't there a? I I don't think I saw this, but wasn't there a weird interaction at a, um, not not Burger King, like a Wendy's? We stopped at. Was there? Yeah, like a mom and a son, like that got like way too closer. I don't remember this at all. Like they were getting like way too intimate or something like that. Nick, you have anything on this? That's that's not ringing the bell. No. We'll have to get John. Maybe he remember. I swear to God, this was this trip. And now I'm making it sound like we didn't report like pedophilia or something, which I don't think that was the case. It was just like weird, and I remember you guys laughing a lot about it. <laughs> <laughs> that does not ring a bell. That sounds very interesting. No, it doesn't. Um, I also remember the one good day we went out on the beach. I remember getting like a terrible sunburn. Because yep. I was because I was too proud to put on suntan lotion because it basically took me like the first 30 years of my life to realize like, hey, you should put on sunscreen. So <laughs> at least I figured it out by some point. Did you say by sun point? <laughs> yes. Good. I did. Um, I actually have a hypothesis. So I, I don't know if you guys know this about me. I, I feel like you do. Um, I have a very hairy back. Like I'm like I'm like borderline Italian hairy back, but I, I don't have any Italian blood in me. And I believe that the reason it's like that is it was a defense mechanism one time when I got sunburned very bad when I was a teenager. <laughs> and then like my back was like, Okay, that's enough, you know, you, you hit your you hit your limit and it just sprouted like this patch of hair all the way along my back in an attempt to like try to resist the sun rays. That sounds fair. That's my hypothesis. Liz rolls her eyes every time I tell her that. Hair hypothesis. I'm with I'm with Liz. Shave us from the hairy detail. <laughs> Thank you, Nick. What would we find in your uh, refrigerator there? 
in the refrigerator. That's great because I'll actually be making the trip to Chicago uh, tomorrow. So it is straight up the grab some of leftovers, a 32 ounce carton of egg whites. Um, just throughout fruit that was starting to get slimy. Um, it's bare bones, but there's a bottle of Lillet Rosé and keeping it chilled uh, and a bottle of bubbles um, that I cracked open to make an Aperol Spritz as my happy hour uh, happy hour beverage after a, a huddle with my, my full unit about an email the president of the University of Chicago said yesterday about our financial measures that we're taking. So lots of, lots of feels for my team and everyone. And then right after that was a like webinar about gentle return to campus phase plan. So it, it's been a, yeah, it's, it's been nonstop. Oh, geez. How, how is that going? I mean, I just can't imagine the amount of variables you have to consider in all that. It's a, uh, I'll put it in like two different. I mean, I you don't have to go into depth. It just oh, I won't. It's not worth it. Uh, the the two different like concepts or sentences that that I could sum it up into are like everything overlaps from the pandemic to anti racism progress, and where our very smart students and alumni know the university can do better, and I agree with that. Um, so, I mean. We had a texting campaign for alumni that had graduated within the last 10 years. I was texting people, um, and one person, I, I was like, you know, I can send you the link for these free programs. And their response was, no, calendars are my enemy right now. And I said, okay, I get it. Uh, if you ever want to change your mind, here you go. And then she responded again and said, I hope the president like succumbs to that cancer or whatever he had. And I was like, whoa. Uh, Harsh. Yeah, I mean, like, students are angry um, because they don't know what their experience is going to be. And, like, think think about it if, you know, we're, we're qualifying this as, you know, you, you're interviewing people you know and we know each other from college. Like, what if we'd been told, like, sorry, you don't get to hang out with your people and, like, what you essentially paid for or invested in, like, isn't happening the way you planned on it or expected it to happen. So it's a, it's a lot. Oh, for sure. The interactions and the relationships I built were honestly that's probably the best part of my college experience. Like all my best friends, my spouse, like all the significant people in my life, or most of them are through college. You know, so I get it. Yeah, and to, I mean, to every university's credit, everybody's at least having the conversation about what to do. It's that it's that like behind the eight ball where I want to hear it first and I want to hear it right, and that's really tough to do when you cannot predict for everyone's gen like literal health and safety what needs to happen in you know for some folks like two months oh yeah for sure yeah it's, it's a very thin tightrope for, for walking but that's you know that's and pain checks yeah no i just i guess i can't imagine i mean anna and i were walking today and we were talking about that like there's this perpetual like i feel like cycle of like well, if I'm a student, I'm not sure I want to, like, if I'm a, if I'm an incoming freshman, do I take the year off and wait and like hope that I get my four years of college experience that I was planning on getting because I don't want to have to pay that money for not the full experience versus if I'm the university, do I, do I cut tuition costs because I know that my students aren't getting the full experience that they were planning on getting? But then it, it just it perpetuates because then if you're not charging full tuition, you're I don't know. It's just there's so much that goes into this. I just can't imagine. It's a it's a very thinly sliced economic pie. And I think the biggest challenge with what you just said, Kyle, is if you're gonna take a gap year, I mean the best thing to do would be to work or to intern, but you've got to hustle to probably intern for free because unemployment's also it's not like it's there, there's a there's a trade-off no matter what you're doing and it's a very real trade-off that i think for anybody who isn't in that position but was as a student at some point in their life you know should be thinking about and that's that's as, as shameless or as close as i'll get to you know thinking about your alma mater or school you believe in and investing in that cause or just investing in any cause right now if you can right we're sitting here 
paying rent off. I'm paying rent on the uh, uh, the apartment I haven't occupied since uh, March 17th. So lucky me. That's always fun. Um, Kyle, how's it going on your front? Like, are the high schools getting anything together now? Is it still kind of wait and see? I uh, I don't want to speculate. I think I'm going to know something here in the next couple weeks. Um, we did just get permission from the IHSA to allow some contact between coaches and athletes. Um, so I've been able to see my kids a couple times this week for a little bit, which was nice. Um, but I mean, that involved checking their temperature when they got there, asking them all the symptom questions and having to document everything. It's like, shoot, I mean, the athletes I had, they were doing things on their own, but they were almost better off just doing it that way because like they could have their full team together. Whereas now, like if you have a couple coaches with that group, you have to kick a couple athletes out because you can only have 10 people together in a cohort. It's just so many hoops to jump through because of the mandates. And look, I understand it's a scary thing and schools have to cover their butt, but like, I just feel like there's got to be a common sense thing somewhere. Like, okay, we have 12 girls on our team. Can't we just call that pretty good? But I, I understand the, the line has to be somewhere. And as far as school goes, I know there's at least talk of trying to start the year early so that when the, the, the late fall winter wave hits and we're worried about, well, is it the flu or is it COVID? Uh, we can just shut down the school for a couple of weeks and already have, you know, kind of money in the bank, so to speak, as far as days are concerned. Um, so we don't have to go to e-learning. But it's it's just kind of, again, like we were just talking about it, everything is just up in the air. It's just so many variables. Right. So, but yeah, I, I got polled. I got asked, what are your thoughts on starting a couple of weeks earlier than planned? Well, I don't know. I think it's going to be hard to mobilize bigger districts to do that, but our district could probably actually pull it off because we're smaller. Sounds promising. But as you said, lots of, lots of variables in the formula. And speaking of formulas, Ty, are you, what, uh, are you engineering any different chemicals in this time? or? Did you... um, so I still do the same thing I've basically been doing since after college. So I still um, make chrome-plated parts. Um, I am not as hands-on as I used to be. So before I was working, uh, like I was directly overseeing um, a plating line in Peru, Illinois. And I did that for about five years. But then um, I moved to Michigan in November 2016. So I now live in a north suburb of Detroit. Um, and I've been work for, working for a company that has like an engineering and sales office here. But um, I like oversee plating like f from the corporate level. So like, I'm kind of the person that's interacting with the customers. I'm giving mandates to the plants that we have on, hey, you know, if you're having problems, here's what you need to do. And um, Or if, like, we have new programs launching, like, I'm the guy kind of overseeing the initial stages and the launch phase and things like that. So um, I'm still kind of doing the same thing. I'm just kind of doing it at, a like, a higher thousand-foot view than I was before, which, I, I mean, it's got its positives and negatives. I have a... I mentioned this in a previous episode. I've actually gotten to travel a lot, which um, now I'm hoping I don't have to do so much. But at the time, it was very, um, I feel fortunate to have been able to do it, even though, you know, it took me away from time with family and friends that maybe I necessarily, like, I hope I don't end up regretting. I do appreciate the fact that I went from growing up into this small town in the middle of Illinois to having traveled to Japan, having traveled to China several times. Um, basically, like there was one year where I probably spent like 30 to 40 weeks in Mexico. So like I spent more time in Mexico than the United States. And while it was hard, I think I've, I'm very fortunate to have had those experiences. because I, I know a lot of people don't really get to. Um, and I know a lot of people don't really get the opportunity to meet people of other cultures and like kind of learn like their uniqueness but also like just get to be buddies with them as well because that part's been really rewarding like getting to foster relationships that otherwise i wouldn't have wow that's a lot of really broad and great perspective but it sounds like you've realized that chrome is where the heart is <laughs> <laughs> man i 
we need like a scoreboard. I might like listen through the episode and put like a scoreboard up as like some sort of icon. I think we need to just a little a little ding every time. <laughs> that, that's a good idea. Maybe no a train horn. There you go. Oh, uh, yeah. what's his time on time? What you said? You didn't you said you made the sound like trains go woo woo earlier, and I was so bad. Oh, there it is. Trains do go woo woo. You just kind of broke up a little bit, Nick. It wasn't that ties just dense. Don't worry. Oh well, I should I should do better training on my on my asks. I guess you got to stay on track there, Nick. Yeah. Uh, track. You, yep, you said it. <laughs> what other questions we got, Kyle? Uh, so Nick, um, are you doing anything for like exercise right now? I am. Uh, I. Went on a run for the first time, and you'd be proud, Kyle. I, I did. I probably, in, in, in honor or tribute to you, uh, ran 3.4 miles today, and then consequently did upper upper focus in the T25 circuit with the, like, each body insanity thing. Uh, Sean T. Sean T. I, yeah, had hip-hop abs at Bradley, and I remember one of, one of the funniest people I, like, I knew that I, I worked with on staff, Nadia, Nadi Da came in and had, saw like me and a couple other RAs working out to this hip hop abs, and she was like, "That man is the most." <laughs> she made some quick joke about how flamboyant and ridiculous he was, and I was like, "Oh yeah, oh yeah, I guess, I guess." Uh, so yeah, I've been down at the archives, and I've been I've been T twenty five since March. Uh, a, a friend, a, a friend's uh, who, and actually is a big reason I got the job at. Chicago in the first place. Um, we knew each other from student senate at Bradley, and when we were talking about what we were going to do at this time, he was like, "I'm going to get prison ripped incredibly abruptly." At like <laughs> asking for it, like he, he he has these random outbursts. He's really he's funny when he's not funny, and you can tell that he sincerely meant it. But it was like two minutes past when it was the right time to say it. So now all I can think is like, "Yeah, gosh, like." That's 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 what I'm going for. Uh, I gotta steal that line. That's gold. That is gold. I appreciate that so much. Oh, that's funny. So T twenty five or yeah, T twenty five. I've done insanity. How does T twenty five compare? I mean, is it obviously it's shorter? Do you feel like it's a lot more manageable and more realistic? Absolutely, it is. I, I think I, I did insanity properly progressed with the Shanti train uh, during grad school. And I, I think luckily because I'm a little bit shorter, I, like I haven't had any really like bad knee issues aside from, I mean, I tore my ACL a few years ago, but up until, you know, age. Crap. Yeah. Well, uh, I like, I could feel the issue with like, it was, it's just like that 44th minute where your, your knee starts to really like not be good. Uh, so yeah, the 25 minutes, it's, you can always squeeze in a half hour. It like makes you organize your time in a different way. And yeah, I, I don't ever feel as like, uh, old when I'm doing the workout. So that's, that's good. Keeps me coming back. Um, is that like a lot of the body weight circuit type stuff? The, uh, what is it? The high intensity interval training, HIIT, that's what it is. Yeah. I, uh, big time cardio. I mean, you're just drenched by the end. That's yeah, exactly. I, I, especially with the windows, you know, closed or whatever's going on, uh, trying to save save money on the, the air conditioning. My my roommate is frugal, uh, so that's you know just just more s- sweat equity. <laughs> you're gonna have to re- you're gonna have to replace that carpet. Uh, you prob I mean probably that's steam cleaning only does so much. <laughs> you could try to set it on fire, see if that helps. <laughs> Nick, do you uh do you have a a funny joke that you've heard or that you'd like to share? You know, because I've said so many puns, I think ad nauseum my jokes are sprinkled throughout this this interview. Uh but I, I did see that question and and I told you about the the I, I've already said the our listeners uh the, the Peoria if the women are in Peoria what are or, or maybe that was off off the radio. That was offline, so that, I want you to tell that now. Sorry, I should have prefaced better. So my uh, 
my hometown is related. Uh, my we'll just say grandfather in law that's that's faster. Um, fascinating, incredible man. Uh, has his own radio show. Uh, Doctor Swing with Studio H on on Sunday mornings. It's, it's great stuff. Shameless plug for him. Um, as he would say, "What a gas!" And he found out that I lived in Pekin, and like the first thing he said to me, very abruptly, without asking anything about myself, was, "Hey, if all the women are in Peoria, where where are the men?" And I was like, uh, "I don't, I don't know, I don't know, Doctor Swing. That's what he prefers to be called, which I love." Uh, he was like, "Pekin." They're peaking. Oh, oh God, that's so. Um, so I, yeah, I laughed at my hometown's peaking in Illinois, and I, I laughed. I laughed out loud. Uh, he also, we were just there last weekend, and he had seven limericks. And maybe that's its own interview. Was I'll, I'll like ask him to repeat them, and I'll I'll get them right. But there was one about like Mother Superior that was incredibly inappropriate, and I like I laughed. I laughed out loud at him. Uh, so. So yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm I'm in awe at the moment of Doctor Swing's endless archives of corny uh, jokes. Let's run that. Inappropriate jokes are the best jokes. Absolutely, absolutely. I think that's I I feel like that's what people in if you go to a comedy show, you just need to let all of your feelings and inhibitions go away because if it's if they're saying it, it's a joke. And I think people forget that. And I I don't know. I just... There's there's a line, sure. But I just... They're saying it because it gets a response. The comedian is, right? So, like, I, I just think sometimes people forget that because, I don't know, some people are just getting a little too sensitive these days. But that's my feeling. Cratchy old Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> Too cookie. I'm joking. Yeah. So I was um I was reflecting with Liz the other day, and I texted Kyle about this. But uh, one time there was a group of us that went to the Jukebox Comedy Club in Peoria, yeah. and it was Harlan Williams playing. So Nick, do you, do you know who Harlan Williams Williams is? I don't think so. Have you ever seen Rocket Man? Rocket Man. Yeah, yeah. That's him. Oh, also. Also, the cop in Dumb and Dumber that drinks his own the the urine, not his own urine. Yes, yes. So, Kyle, I think you were with us, right? Because it was like you. It might have been Anna and like a bunch of her like Kappa Delta friends. Yeah, Ty. I think it was me, you, Anna, and like Megan Meyer, and maybe a few other Kappa Deltas. Yeah, exactly what you said. And like I remember, because actually I should take a picture because I think like my hair at the time was like similar to what it is now. But in this case, I have a good excuse that, you know, there's coronavirus and everything at the time I was, you know, 20 or 21 and didn't know any better. But my my hair was just out of control man, like just frizzy, curly, like Jufro all over the place. And um, so I'm sitting in the audience and I'm kind of towards the middle of the stage. And he starts yelling at me because he can see my hair. And he starts he starts calling me Apple Crisp Hair and describes how he wants to season and eat my hair. Um, and I'm not going to attempt to, like, try to recreate how he did it. Because it's like, if you ever hear a stand-up, like, he yells a lot. And so, like, there's just this dude on stage with a microphone yelling at me about my apple crisp hair and how he just wants to pour apple cinnamon. And he's making noises that don't quite make sense, but they're funny. And he just, like, kept coming back to my hair all damn night. Um, but I remember that was one of my, like, more memorable Bradley experiences when the cop from Dumb and Dumber who drank pee called me apple crisp hair. Excellent. Yeah. He was, he seemed to be, I mean, like, you, I, most comedians, I feel like, have some depression aspect, and I, I feel like he was having a hard time. Like, if you just, like, kind of extract yourself from it, but, yeah, no, he was funny, but, like, you could tell he was just, he was a little bit off. I'll take your word for it, Kyle. I don't remember that, but I'll take your word for it. Yeah, a little bit of sadness behind those eyes, Harlan. <laughs> Harlan. You heard you heard it here first back in 2012 or hot, 2011. Hot take. Hot take. Harlan, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> Who hurt you? Um, so, normally Kyle asks this question, but I'm going to go ahead and do it. 
Um, Nick, if you were going to an Applebee's, oh no, <laughs> what if you were? What if if uh, no no? Let's be real. When when you go to Applebee's okay, next? Okay. Um, I just called it Applebee's. Anyway, <laughs> Apple's good. It's the apple. What shoe are you wearing and why? Yeah. <laughs> what shoe am I wearing and why? I. I'm mad that you asked that question because it's the one that I I just hoped and prayed you wouldn't ask because I, I don't I don't know when I'll go back to Applebee's. Chicago and Providence have spoiled me with the the food options and and aversion to chains. Um, for the most part, I all I could do from a, like an association with Applebee's was remember that I got the one spanking I got as a kid. I got it in Applebee's <laughs> because I spoiled my chocolate shake and pissed my dad off. Like just the right way, and then my stepmom, like years later, who was there for that that other um, you know performance, like ordered a salad for me, and it had nuts, and I'm allergic to nuts, uh, so it was the like only allergic reaction I've like had that was worth moderately worrying about. Um, and then finally, you know, we get to a, a positive part in the story. Uh, the year after I graduated from UConn, I watched. Um, a friend's team win the national like NCAA basketball championship in an Applebee's, which is where we always went to Massachusetts, which is right, like there's a Seekonk uh, town, Massachusetts, uh, that had like all the chain restaurants, and that was the only place to go get away from the students and like have a beer after a bunch of exhausting meetings. So I like I don't I I would wear flip flops, but then I am like I immediately no, not not close toed shoes in an Applebee's. No, uh, that's that's a Raw train of thought to respond to your question. That's it. That's all I got. <laughs> Fair enough. I think that's the best response we've had to that question. So you're. It's funny you bring up your nut allergy because um, there's a story you told me that regard that um is in regards to uh the Reese's like the Easter candies, yeah, the peanut butter ones. And I remember you telling me that that's like the one time you're actively willing to be in any level of like nut misery is like you would eat one of these and you would intentionally like turn all the lights off in your apartment and you would have a cold washcloth ready because that's how much you love these things. And that has always stuck with me ever since you told me that. And I want you to know that. What a beautiful listener. Uh, that is viscerally and, and verbatim exactly what I said. Yes. Uh, except for the nut misery. That's, that's all you guys really want. I'm borrowing that. Uh, nut misery. That's good. That's, that's really good. good. I, uh, yeah, yeah. Actually, like the, the raw nut itself is, is worse. If I have like a butter, it's just, it typically it's just a really bad migraine. So I can have peanut butter, but then I'm, I'm not, I'm not counts. Yeah. Once a year when those, those eggs appear, I'm, I'm Couch City, baby. <laughs> I like how you threw the baby in there. That's, that's good. <laughs> that's so good, baby. <laughs> more, more people should throw that in when talking. <laughs> I got an emergency, baby. <laughs> Nick, is there anything um, people from Bradley, or I guess any school, you've, I guess UConn, uh, that would be surprised to know about you now, like after after they've been away from you for a while. Oh, that's a good one. I I think people would be surprised that I'm living in Moline, Illinois, right now. Uh, like that's a a more earnest surprise. The the like better for radio answer is I uh. I mean, you two sure do know this, uh, but it's it's always a good surprise when I'm getting to know someone. Insert dancing backgrounds. Like if I can say, you know, show choir from fourth grade to 12th grade or hypnotic, the hip hop team in college. And then I did Zumba. I, I, I took the classes during grad school to get me through grad school um, and then got certified to be an instructor. So when I'm at work and I'm dressed in my bow tie and my vest or whatever, you know, dapper, dapper, you know, mood I'm trying to, this way and i say that people are like huh? like this dude with the glasses and and the bow tie can can like get down no we can't um but, but i at, at the policy school at harris uh at the university of chicago i taught a class and had like this amazing woman who's also an instructor named tanya 
who did not know like how much energy or how much, you know, she called it flavor I could, I could bring. So I did this like 45 minute call and she screamed louder than me the whole time because she was just so excited. Um, by the, the like music I was playing. So that's, yeah, once you, once you know me, no one's surprised that that's a thing I like doing, uh, and, and can do, but it's, it's a good, it's a surprise for sure for most people when they meet me and like spend time. They're like, Hey, you have fun. You dry humor. You're nerdy. Look like, wait, you do what? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Um, Kyle, I'm going to take a spin on one that we normally do. Uh, we have a conspiracy theory related question, but I want to kind of twist it a little bit. What do you think, which creature would you think is more likely to survive in the real world? A werewolf or a vampire and why? Holy shit. Well, I mean, I'm going to have to go listen through all all the minutes and moments of your podcast to hear how else you got that. Uh, this, this is the first time I've asked this question. I just thought of it like two minutes ago. <laughs> he just laid one on you, Nick. So <laughs> remember, you can take time here and we'll edit this huge pause out because, uh, yeah, that's a question. Kyle's lying to you. I'm not going to edit this part out. Good. Uh, you're getting no nobody but you two could get me in my in my like raw honest place where I'm not just just on or trying to be you know on for at least a minute. Uh, the the werewolf mindset goes to like well what better time than now to be to be animalistic with like where our hair you know and our grooming is not. Uh, so I think I think right now werewolves would have a good because like vampires where where's your where's your you know fuel. Uh, you, you don't have access to anyone for physical distancing, but ironically, <laughs> I like how he's thinking through as he's talking. I'm really appreciating this right now. The woman who lives, she might be hearing this actually, because we're all here. Uh, the woman in the shared uh, apartment that we're in, her license plate is vampire. Oh man. Send you like I'll, I mean not that you can put it on the podcast, but just for the both of your entertainment and an excuse to group text more. I'll add John to it. Uh, yeah, vampire, and she went through a rough breakup um, <laughs> during the pandemic. So I've been able to hear everything from like the highest of highs in you know in the bedroom to the lowest of lows where Brad is less than Brad. She's like, Brad, you won't even look at me. It's been three weeks. You just won't even look at me. And so they broke up, and then. Uh, sitting, we were playing cards, Sam and I outside on the patio, and she was coming up and he was like, I dare you. I dare you to ask her about the bird feeder. Because this bird feeder was there and then it was gone and we were thinking about why and he was like, oh, Brad gave it to her. Like, she she couldn't do it. So I asked her when she came up the steps and got, maybe it's my earnestness, like I, I do genuinely ask questions and I want to hear the answer and people I can feel that. So she, she absolutely just let it go and was like, my heart was broken and I just, I couldn't look into it anymore. And, you know, but like I'm moving salons and we get to cut hair again and like, you know, life will find its peace. And oh my gosh, thank you so much for listening. And then, uh, when we were driving back from Springfield, I saw Brad's car and saw him walk up the stairs and we're like, Oh, oh, uh, so, so as of this week, Brad and Vampire are back on. So I got, you know, I guess you. Better. <laughs> See, Kyle, if I hadn't asked that question, we wouldn't have gotten that great story. That's gold. Well, that's good. All right, Nick. Well, it has been about an hour. Um, we usually close by asking these two kind of questions here. Um, okay. Is there anybody else from Bradley that you think we should definitely interview? I think it'd be so that, like, there's a, again, good questions when your brain goes to more than one place. Uh, since you were really, really tickled by the prison ripped thing, uh, Brandon Kurzweig would be someone who you don't know, I, I don't think, um, but would, I think, like, love this kind of setting, and it would be like a get-to-know-someone instead of, oh, yeah, they're great, let's, like, let's make that happen. Uh, so it'd be a bit of a, you know, a pivot for you all in terms of, like, the, the shtick you've got going on Canadian Leprechaun Show, but uh, I, there's lots, I mean, Max Sawa came to mind, but I know you've interviewed him already. Um, and Bobby Lucia entertains a pretty wide range of folks, but you've interviewed him already, so 
You did your homework. That's good. I I do my homework. You know, you know that. Just don't. I don't listen in class, but I I can still figure out the assignment. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, shoot. I'll think on it. I'll think on it. And if like before we we, we sign off, there's another name. I'll, that's that's a challenge I'm I'm uh, accepting or presenting to myself. Very good. Thank you. And then. Uh couple songs we, we do have a spotify playlist that i try to add to when our people suggest songs do you have any songs that should be on there for the record anything with the, i've grown into like a, a gentle gentle obsession with the saxophone so anytime i hear a, like a, a sax solo in a song I'm, I'm i'm there sure so uh careless whisper careless whisper of course time uh are there any others my favorite uh there's there's a band called The Strike that hasn't been around or been widely recognized, but there's a song called Devils in the Canyon, uh, that just is a is a bop. Like is is Sam is pretty critical of music and, and what well, he's he's you know show choir uh, from twenty years ago, but he likes that song, so I think that's saying something. And then uh, you do, I don't think either of you know this, but I I am a hardcore fan of Betty Who, who's this New Zealand pop artist that sounds not like Brittany Christina Pop, but like from the eighties. So she's got this really nostalgic mood vibe. Uh and she's got some there's no saxophone in any of her songs. She's just she's great. So her her song High Society is probably my favorite one. Uh and it'll just it'll it's it's mellow vibes. It's really good. Um those are three. I could keep going. I'll give I'll give you like a, a ten an option of ten to choose from. I uh as an I'm an act and and crew like a good song crew that we'll send or used to send each other um like songs that we thought would be good but off the off the circuit that were like you know exclusive to us uh so that's yeah i'm glad you asked that question well fantastic hold on kyle i got another good saxophone song even though i know this is next time um <laughs> bleach bleachers i miss those days that's a good song and it's got some solid saxophone playing it i enjoy bleachers i'll have to i don't know do I know? Do I know that song? Probably not. Um, Bleachers, like they're big on the like alternative modern alternative rock right now. So I was he the format. I'm trying to figure out. He was another band. He was part of another band. Bleachers was. Oh, I don't know. I'll have to look that up. That's a good song. Uh, you you've probably heard it, Nick. Okay, well I'll give it a listen and confirm whether or not that's a uh, that's a. Uh, an accurate hypothesis. Sorry, I gotta steal a little bit more time. Um, so talking about bands, I gotta tell this story. Um, so Liz and I were at something called um, oh what the oh Arts Beats Needs. I've talked about this before, and we uh, it's like a little like art festival, and they have bands and stuff. And so we had this guy who came along. We we were in like a big group getting dinner, and um, this guy came along, and he's like. I think he was like a producer for a band or like a band manager. Like, I don't know. He, he was like the music expert of the group. And this was like maybe two years ago, two or three years ago. So pretty recent. Right. And he made this bold statement that still irritates Liz and I to this day. Like it still just irritates us. And he said that the band jet was the last great, like rock and roll band that has come out. And, like, everything after that's been, like, solo artists. And I think that's bullshit because Jet came out in, like, 2004. And I think there's no way there hasn't been, like, a good band, like, a rock and roll band that has come out after that. And I think that just pissed me off that he was willing to make a statement that bold. Um, And I just want to really let this guy know, even though I don't remember his name, that that was a dumb thought. And I still think it's a dumb thought. Do you like Jet, Ty? Yeah, they're fine. Okay. Who hurt you? <laughs> I, I just, it was just such a dumb thought. Jet's fine, but they weren't like the last great rock band. This bullshit. <laughs> you gave me time to go on a journey, uh, a gentle audit in my Rolodex of people to interview. And if you haven't interviewed Mike Dickin, you should absolutely get him on the, on the horn. I'll see what I can do. That's a good one. He, I haven't spoken with him in a long time. That man is, uh, he is, yeah, top 10 funniest people I, I think I know. I uh, just, both of you were 
are also on that list. I'm not going to rank. That's now's not the time. But uh, yeah, he, he, he's he's the business. <laughs> well, we'll see what we can do. All right. Well, Ty just kind of like shot that one out of the air. Sorry for railing. <laughs> No, there, there, there aren't ready. a lot of train-related references, so I that's, guess it that's for a reason. I'll, I'll take thirty seconds to say that it's ironic again, and gosh, I, I keep laughing at the ironies of life. But uh, I don't remember my dreams almost ever. But today, I remembered a specific dream where I was in my grandma's house, and I crossed the street to a not like not accurate depiction of what was across the street from Grandma Rose's, uh, and I saw a rocket. And the rocket took off, but as it was taking off, two taxis came up the street and crashed and crashed into me. And I didn't know like what that was gonna be, but maybe this jet thing you just you gave us ties like a, you know, maybe that's the the connector there to the. Another connection. Your grandma's name is Rose. My daughter's name is Rose. Well, you know, that's. I'm sure that there was. I'm reading a book on Nefertiti and, and you know Egypt history, so. Reincarnation had to had to be, you know, the, the story. My wife's middle name is Rose. The Rose by any other name, I mean, like here we got, here we are. That's, yeah, that's something. That's something. Full full circle, fellas. Full circle. <laughs> um. Anyway, so yeah, like Kyle was saying twenty minutes ago, it's been about an hour. Um. <laughs> 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 Nick, we appreciate you coming on. Um. I suppose uh, last chances or any shameless plugs or any people or anything you want to give a shout out to. Uh, shout out to both of you. I think that I think shout out to while this isn't a podcast way, anybody who's listening this far into it, if whoever comes to mind as I'm talking that you haven't talked to in too long, get on Zoom or get on the. I mean, frankly, screens might might be a, a you know a moot point right now, but like give someone a phone call and like catch up because we've all got the time. So make the time. Uh, yeah. All right. Fair enough. I like that. Um, Uncle Kyle, any last bits from you? No, I don't think so. I, it was just very good to catch up. I mean, I think that was the whole purpose of us rebooting this thing is to talk to people. And like you just said, if we were ever going to do it, now is the time. So, um, thanks Nick for uh, doing this with us. My pleasure. This was a blast. I knew it was going to be, uh, but as as per usual, you all exceed expectation, expectations. Finally had a flood on them. There, there we go. Uh, the yeah, shameless plug would be a, if there's a part two, I will I will follow up and get those limericks from Doctor Swain. Uh, inappropriate limericks, so like a you know, just a three minute three minute bit. I'm I'm sure there'll be a part two. Um, I finally figured out how to properly edit a podcast episode, so now I'm thinking of re-interviewing everyone we've done so far. Good. That's, you know, <laughs> figure out that microphone and you're all set. Um, all right. Well, Nick, again, we appreciate you coming on. Um, and we appreciate everyone who has taken the time to listen this far into the episode. Um, on behalf of Nick, I am Ty. I'm Kyle. And this has been the Canadian Leprechaun Show. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>